Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host Mark. Uh, welcome to the show. Joining me today is Jack. Welcome. Oh uh, yeah, it's your boy. It's my boy, Jack. What's Back good? From the dead after the one month moratorium on Lorehammer Listener Lore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're bringing back all the old greats, you know. <laughs> uh, we're not reading anything you've written, unfortunately, so it might not be a good story, you know. Who <laughs> I, I don't know how to process. Like, thank you, I guess. But I feel bad for this person now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today, we're actually reading a story from Akko. That's a cool name. A C C O. Cool, cool name. And it is called Icoric Angels. And uh, his, his email just includes that uh, a Death Guard army from a junk world, primarily moted, motivated by spiteful vengeance. So cool. Mm. I play a lot of Death Guard uh, in my regular games, so this could inform some of that. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Well, let's see what kind of nasty pustules we'll get from reading this. I, I just love the first line. It just says, pollution is blessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pollution <laughs> is blessed. Getting off to the right foot right from the beginning. I love yeah. it. <laughs> pollution is blessed. There's been plenty of opportunity to study the victims of the Icoric Angels, vindictive attacks. Ever since the first victims were discovered, their bodies swollen with weighty tumors, their skin burnt and bleached by toxic rains. These survivors had made it clear, pollution is their weapon, suffering is their objective. The Icoric Angels will arrive in a system with suddenness, which exemplifies their enthusiasm, arriving in a single funerary barge, Funerary. Not sure what kind of barge that is. Like a funeral barge. Funerary. Hmm, Okay. Oh, okay. Because, like, like, yeah, Death Guard, everyone's dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, Funerary barge by the name of Exxon Valdez. It is shrouded in a dense, vibrant, toxic clouds of leaking vaporous and fluids. Immediately, their low orbit seeds the atmosphere with the hapless world below with a cocktail of deadly pollutants. This, the, then descend the angels themselves. Slowly, they fly over their toxic waste sites, fully taking in the suffering they have caused to their victim, victims. Their first targets are industrial and manufacturing sites. 
They come to these locations not with the intention of disrupting their opponent's logistics, but rather to secure whatever unique waste is being pumped out of these areas. Each new chemical, a source of endless joy for the angels as they witness its effect. That's great. I like that. <laughs> That's classic. Should the Imperial world by now have assembled any resistance, these provident with appropriate defenses or with little to lose, they come face to face with the Ikoric angels. Their power armor suits in a constant fluc- uh, fluctuating state of ascetic melting and rebinding, the reaction bursting with fluids of its own from every joint and a sticky neon smog from every pore. Their flesh occasionally exposed in uh, unnaturally pure white color, surely from their existence exposure to bleaching chemicals, their extensive exposure. They fight with a remorseless niche remorselessly wow sometimes just words man i fucking love it now i gotta edit this part out son of a bitch mark no i'm leaving it in. that's nice they fight with the remorselessness with borders on sadism but truly comes from extreme form of emotional distancing as the only means of coping with the horrors they have endured on their home they wield the power of the black carapace like you expect of a lowly creature who has been finally granted unlimited power to make their abusers suffer They fight to make their opponent feel the agonies which have been thrust upon them, and only when they feel vindicated do they deal the killing blow. A weight hangs over the sector of the Segmentum Tempestus, and its name is Pollution. Centuries prior, the Imperium committed a remorseless crime against its lowest people, and now it has summoned the spirit of sadistic vengeance to the sector. The Ikoric Angels represent not only a threat to the control of the Imperium, but an extra reminder of how justice is meted out to those who, have, who are given free reign to command it. <clears throat> Small, go, uh, you can read this part. We'll jump between. Okay. I don't know if you want to comment on that section or not. Yeah, let's comment on that. That had some cool stuff yeah. to it. I, I really like it. Yeah, I, so I, I hope we get another little piece of information about... Um, their armor and how it binds and rebinds it's always leaking um yeah that that was a really that's a really cool detail yeah like is it like is it binding with flesh you think like flesh that may be hardened so hard that it becomes yeah it would have to be with their because it sounds like the acid is probably coming from their bodies yeah so i'm assuming it's like and i mean like is it in the normal death guard description um it says like their flesh kind of becomes one with the arm and like it fuses with the arm usually yeah 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 so, i mean this could be like uh uh just like really revved up version of that just taking it to the next level which sounds sweet like i can totally see that being a death card thing yeah uh, yeah, it's cool. They're just all about like uh, <laughs> waste and stuff and bioplagues and shit. I also like, yeah, so they they have their ship that kind of goes into low orbit and just uh, mm-hmm. fucking cloud just seeds, dump, essentially. Yeah, just dumps <laughs> pollution into the air. <laughs> Very cool. I, I love the name, too. Just like, I feel like it's a play, the Exxon Valdez. Very much like <laughs> Exxon Mobil. Sounds just like, just hmm. a very 40K take on modern climate pollution i guess <laughs> i love it yeah this next part uh smog over the wastes the bufal system pronounced bufal oh i got that right first try 
was nothing unique to the vast Empyrean, a four-planet system with a hive world and a small mining world. Naturally, the hive world, Bufal 1, leaned towards manufacturing as its major industry, well furnished by the capacity of the mining planet, Bufal 4. Keeping Bufal 4 well-stocked with laborers was the only major concern of the system. This was dangerous work and required an extensive network of imports to keep the permanent labor population well-fed, watered, and compensated. The planetary governance of Bufal 1 realized the looming risks which were coming with the rising costs of maintaining the mining industry. The nobility, however, invented a solution. They would slowly begin retiring the paid laborers and begin replacing them with the working poor of their hive cities, who were too desperate already to refuse employment, paid or no. This was followed with a series of draconian poverty laws, and arbitrators began to round up those working poor, forcing them onto the waste barges, which would take them to live the rest of their days in servitude. No content. Not content with simply dropping their waste population onto Bufal 4, soon the barges were being used to carry the physical trash and waste of the hive world. Bufal 4 soon began to resemble something like a parody of a habitable world. Mountains of literal waste spawned rivers of liquid death. Cities of salvage metals housed the mining population as well as cottage industries of water alchemists, who were the only means of securing of clean water for a price. Butchers of human remains who performed the grisly tasks of making sure the dead did not go to waste and haphazard surgeries. No more than torture rooms were unskilled doctors performing treatments or adapted newcomers to the harsh environment. Eventually, Bufal 4 was declared entirely self-sustaining. In the some cruel form, it meant that it no longer required imports of food and water, nor was it granted the specialist waste removal teams who had previously extracted toxic byproducts in the mining industry. These changes were having an impact upon the slave population of Bufal 4. Death was such a highly frequent occasion that the people began to reject intimate social connections. Fertility was naturally low, so reproduction had to occur under heavy observation and medical interference. No family line lasted longer than four generations, and disfiguring tumors became such an issue that the self-mutilation of cancerous and mutilated limb and mutated limbs were frequent, and dare it be said, fashionable. Such pitiable, monstrous creatures. There could surely be no cause for the Astartes to be tempted into ascending them. Do not lie to yourself and claim that the Imperium did not tie this noose by their own hands. The wretched creatures of Bufal were born of Imperial greed, tortured by Imperial negligence, and led into temptation by Imperial voices. Well, 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 mm. would you look at that? A government does a bad thing. Who would have fucking thought, hey? Enslaves a whole population and gives them a shit life. Who would have thought a government would do such a thing? They get cool mutated limbs, though. <laughs> they do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta um, look at the bright side of life, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very curious about this story and how much of it this guy is kind of relating to real world events happening. 
He's been yeah. saying some lines in here that kind of really are like, whoo, that's very close to what's happening. And it's scary that we are that close to living in a 40K story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it goes on about retiring paid laborers so they can replace the workers with the poor. Ooh, and then not pay them because you have to fucking work and just. Oh, man, I don't like it so far. Let's you what, what do you think about this portion here besides all the real life ramifications the 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 heavy political satire in this yeah Um, yeah (laughs) i think i i think it's really cool it's it's such a 40k yeah thing too for like this mining world to just you just take something and then you just keep pushing the extremes until it's just (laughs) cranked up to 12 yeah and you've got literal mountains of garbage everywhere literal mountains of garbage people (laughs) just mutating the crap out of each other there's no like family structure or anything it's just as grim dark as it could be yeah like even that people began rejecting intimate social connections fertility was naturally low yeah like it man i'm very curious how much of this guy he's just kind of taking inspiration from the real world (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, uh, let's read the next part. It's a very interesting story so far. Let's see what uh, the Icoric Angel is going to do. Descending they're Angels. Gonna give everybody, they're going to give everybody hugs. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. They're going to make everything better. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Your problems will go away because you'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. Descending Angels. What came next could be said, the rise and fall of the Akaric Angels. Uh, Although it is unclear exactly when the angels of Ufal uh, 4 experienced their fall, they may have been damned from the very start or simply never given the opportunity to rise above temptation. The Akaric Angels chapter was established and a a successor of the Blood Angels. It was made up of the least pitiful creatures found on Ufal 4 despite which they still required extensive extensive enhancements to make them suitable for the transformative process. The strategy for the Ikoric Angels was to be an exterminatus seek and destroy chapter. After an exterminatus has been launched, they would go in to hunt down any potential survivors, eradicate them from the hiding spots and kill them. The decision was made based not only on their natural experience and toughness in face of toxic climates, but also believing that their lack of emotion would make them less susceptible to the clamoring pleas of the suffering. The Ikoric Angels were immediately successful in a sense. Their first campaign took them to the Fukushima sector. Okay, so now I definitely know this guy is uh, Uh, writing political satire here, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Most of 40K really is. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's good. It's it's getting a little heavy-handed now. It's like I can <laughs> the Fukushima sector. <laughs> a That's a great of... little nod. <laughs> a series of planets which had previously been cleansed in holy fire, but still a gene steel infestation remains. Sealed away in underground bunkers, they were now starting to emerge, a present and threat to nearby pl- planets, on which were smaller hidden cults who could salvage and unite the remnants. Using the ingenuity of their homeworld, the Iconic Angels, Icoric Angels, began seeding vials of uh, cyanic necrosis, a liquid unique to the scrap heaps, a dense acid which would leak downwards through the ground until it has reached plasteel, whereby it would react, releasing a chemical gas as noxious as the planet's surface. 
The Angels then simply waited as one by one the cults emerged from their bunkers, sputtering and confusing, and shambling directly into line of fire. After this success, the Ikoric Angels would find themselves in increasingly important missions, hunting cultists, orcs, and even finding themselves involved in smaller part of the Damocles Crusade. As this notability and recognition was due to come to an end, their fall was, would be defined by their deployment in the Gan, uh, Ganges operations. A chaos cult from the dead world would make a sadistic raids to nearby hive world, capturing members of lesser nobility and governance and sending them back weeks later, tortured and mutilated. Whether it was via temptation from this cult who would may have introduced a chapter to the chaos gods, or it was a specific circumstance of the Ganges system, which reminded them so vividly of their homeworld. Either way, damnation followed. The hive world of Ganges III, at first, didn't notice the infiltration of the Ikoric Angels. Administration records show a drop in pollutant capturing efficiency from the manufactorums, as well as an increase in accidental chemical leakage from various water reservoirs into various water reservoirs. The Angels themselves were increasingly late with operational reports and the cult on Ganges was increasingly increasing in size and boisterousness. The planetary nobility were assembled in, in secret to discuss these mounting issues and were resolved to com communicate to the Inquisition over their suspicious regarding the Ikoric angels. But before a decision could be reached, a thick orange fog surrounded the meeting place. The exposed guardians that, uh, deployed outside the meeting were suddenly afflicted by the pernicious Acid gas. What is that word? Pernicious. Pernicious. Okay. Pernicious. Acid gas. Their skin began to slop off in large chunks of sinew and meat. It burnt right, right the way down to the bone. The nobility witnessed all this horror, screaming militia men slamming against the doors and windows, begging to be relieved of their suffering. There was a brief silence, and then the commanders of the Akork Angels emerged through the gas, bursting through the heavy doors and into the partial... Uh, palatial chambers. Torture was certain, was a certainty. Its intricacy and slowness was an option. Of the five members of the ruling nobility representing the cities of Ganges III, the methods of execution varied. Lord Fekris had a chemical pump attached over his nose and throat, pumping him full of crystal nemesis, a local narcotic mixed from scrapping off the chemical respirators found in the darkest corridors of the cities. His lungs swelled almost to bursting, his blood thick with tar causing blood vessels to pop and tear. Lord Gaveston of Yorbuk had toxic succubi, uh, succuba sprayed over his naked body. It was a cleansing lotion supplied to the poorest workers of Yoruba as a means of removing the most foul stains from the lowest cost. It immediately began to melt his flesh in a sick, thick soup. At some stage, he managed to twist against his restraints, causing his liquid flesh to pour from his throat, and he choked. Apparently, this was unacceptable to the angels, as his body was then mutilated haphazardly, left in various piles of organs and muscles. Lord Terracus was pumped full of the chemical Necrodancer, an irritant which was a waste byproduct of the nearby manufacturing industry. The Ikoric angels watch as he spasm. Uh, spasmically seized across the meeting hall, breaking limbs and puncturing skin as he went. <laughs> jeez. He bit his tongue, cheeks, and yeah, eventually snapped his jaws from tension. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> T 
tore away his skin and finally dropped in a bloody, broken heap on the floor. Lady Juris was forced to ingest powdered chorosis, chaosis, an excruciatingly slow, flammable powder used uh, in mining. The ignition took place in her stomach, opened up by the butcher of an Astarte surgeon. From there, it slowly climbed up her throat. The slow fire must have been excruciating. Lastly, Lord Gost was given an overdose of slow-mo, an inhaled narcotic which caused the brain to perceive its surrounding much slower. He would have witnessed all of his far slower than it actually occurred. After the drug was finished ravaging his system, he would be left in a fragile state, alone with what he had witnessed, until his rescues would, rescuers would try and move him. The stress would cause him to die instantly. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so that was bleak, but Jeez. cool. I really like how many different uh, different chemicals he made up. Like, very cool and unique stuff. Yeah, that, that last one is, I'm pretty sure he stole directly from the uh, movie Dread, like Judge Dread. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but that's okay. It's a super cool drug and a super cool way that to kill somebody. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> you thought I wouldn't notice. I noticed. <laughs> we noticed. Um, yeah, I don't think I would want to be any of those guys. That yeah. all sound like it sucked. <laughs> and I, I just gotta say, I love that this is an Astartes chapter that has fallen. You don't see that too much in a lot of people's lore. Yeah. Um, usually, if they're doing like chaos war bands, it, they usually are starting with something that's already been part of a traitor leader or something like yeah. that. It's rare, I think, to see people take like a full chapter and then just sort of like, yeah, let's turn them to chaos. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, I really dig it. It's cool how they're doing it too. I can slowly see that slow progression. You know, you're the mm-hmm. one committing the atrocities, and bef- before long, you become that monster. Like, yeah. All right, uh, let's carry on. Yeah, last little section. The Dormant Cancer. The Ikorex returned triumphantly. Not only had they spread the blessings of pollution to the increasingly now crumbling hive worlds of Ganges, but they had learned that they could do the same with their home system. The Ikorex angels positioned themselves as overlords of the system slowly torturing the noble families that had overseen their enslavement on Bufal 4. Largely, the system still followed the same patterns of industry and enslavement as before, only the nobility were now the source of the victims of Bufal 4. Not that it mattered to the ordinary citizens of Bufal 1, the blessings of pollution had to be spread, and soon the high world resembled the same atmosphere and environment which led to the creation of the Akoric Angels. With new pollutions and chemicals discovered in the many factories of the high world and ready to be tested on unwilling populace. The Aquaric Angels themselves integrated themselves with the heretic warbands. For Bufal 4, they would engage in warp raids against distant worlds, always making sure their enemies suffered for the sin of facing them and were well immersed in the blessed pollutions which would scar man and planet alike. Uh. Wow. Happy ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a very cool chapter. Um, they're just kind of like uh, bio boys, I guess. Yeah. I guess the one question I would have that wasn't addressed, because he said these were Blood Angel successors. So 
Yeah. I'm wondering, do they suffer from like the black rage and like the normal blood angel, like would, uh, mutations and stuff like that, even after they've been corrupted? I would imagine they do. Like, yeah. But then again, like maybe Nurgle gives them a gift where they don't, but I just don't know why Nurgle would kind of thing. Like you'd have to kind of. Yeah. Um, how do you think the if there was black company or death company in this chapter, how do you think they would function? Would they maybe be like fucking suicide bombers? Maybe like, like they just have so many toxins on them that they just like, yeah, they smother themselves in like all these crazy stims and whatever. And they just run out and, you know, (laughs) hug people. (laughs) Giving hugs. Giving hugs. Yeah, or something like it's just causing them to become like just so bloated and like, I don't know, maybe they're putting them in like special armor and stuff just to like make them as tanky as possible. And they're just going out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're having fun. Yeah. So they're just like these big fucking brutes and like it just turns them into uh, monsters. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, Aki, author of this of this awesome piece of work, uh, let us know. You know, yeah. But get on the Discord. Drop some drop some hints at what uh what goes on with like a possible black company in this in this Blood Angel successor, or or maybe they don't suffer from it at all. I don't know. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. It would be cool to definitely see what happens either way. Um, yeah, this was. I, I a wonder very- how this would play on tabletop that's what i'm wondering because this would be like i feel like you can make some sweet models out of this yeah 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 um yeah do they do they use cultists too and stuff no they don't really hey they mostly it just it didn't make themselves. mention of it yeah i mean they're probably using a lot of the population of bufal as probably as cultists mm. but I, I don't think it made any mention of them specifically taking yeah. part in spreading yeah. The wonderful pollution gifts. <laughs> um, it'd be cool to do like instead of doing cultists, maybe you do like uh like zombies or whatever, you know, some type of just yeah. plague plague walkers essentially. Yeah, like some pox pox walkers, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could see like if you took like a regular death card army, maybe threw some like little extra like made it look like they were oozing a bunch of stuff and then painted them instead of like the death guard green. If you went with more of like, I could see this being more of like a, like a red and black kind of like a glowy, almost like lava like red. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Being like, just making it look like malignant and gross. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I like could the, see it being sweet. Yeah. Like the wounds are like bloody and red, but also kind of yeah. have like, you could see they're, they're not like, just blood. Like it has like. They're glowing. He did mention yeah. there were like, where you could see the flesh. It was like really white. So I'd be interested yeah. to see how that would work for, for, for models. Yeah. 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 I would love to see some. Um, I, I really like this story actually. I, I, <laughs> The I think maybe the only part I would have changed is maybe just change that Fukushima sector name. And not because I have a problem with it, but because then I wouldn't have known if this was like intentionally satire or not. And then this yeah. whole time, it, I think it would have just been, you know, just more of a, ah, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I um, really liked it too. I thought this was, was 
excellent for for a, a chaos war band mm-hmm. um one other thing too is i don't think he said these guys were the guys going around and doing the exterminatuses um but that is one thing like astartes chapters no it sounded have, like they were the they were the cleanup crew they came in after the inquisition already yeah, did yeah. and then they yeah so you know as long as he stays in I that think, vein that's that's all that matters you don't get a launch of I mean, exterminatuses no, no, I thought that was a really good, that was a really cool detail. I thought yeah. having the chapter be like the cleanup crew. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. That's like, the job. Yeah. Even drop site massacred every, like you needed a cleanup crew to go in and deal with everyone. Even after they virus mm-hmm. spawned the shit out of it. So. Yeah. No, just really good lore. Really solid all around. Love it. I'd love to see models of this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe just the details on you know, does the Blood Angel heritage affect them at all, even mm. after they've turned to, to chaos? So, I don't know. It'd almost even be cool, too, to see just a small little section about them getting, like, branded traitors. Like, yeah, now they're doing mm. traitors things, but, like, who was the actual person that declared him excommunicatus, you know? Yeah, or, like, who was the Marine that, like, first decided, like, you know what, let's freaking turn to chaos yeah 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 yeah. there's always some arabus asshole in these chapters (laughs) that takes the first step we all know there's that one guy you all know (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah but you know we're we're talking about like little things he could add to the story but not uh, yeah like overall the story is fantastic we just want more yeah i do want more yeah (laughs) sweet uh i i got nothing left to say neither do i i'm i'm pretty set Okay, well, that was a fucking sweet episode of Warhammer yeah. Listener Lore. I, I love how creative you guys get. So cool. Absolutely, yeah. It just blows me away a lot of times hearing a lot of these stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just got to talk about the diseases one more time. It was so cool seeing that he made up, like, different fucking chemical stems that he gave people and yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was... Yeah. nasty and just going into gross detail about everything yeah. just like it, it just it adds so much detail about them without really giving you any valuable information mm-hmm. you know but it's the little things it's the little, it's the little things. things that count <laughs> cool well thanks everyone for listening if you have lore you can email it to lorehammerpodcasts at gmail.com i'll add it to the top of the list or the bottom of the list whatever you look at it uh, and if you want to support the show, uh, don't forget you can sign up to my Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore at Patreon. Uh, there's all the links in the description. Don't forget to go toss me a buck. It really helps out a lot. Uh, Jax, thanks for joining. Yeah, me. absolutely. Uh, always a pleasure to be on. Hopefully I'll be on soon with uh, some more lore of my own. Yes, sir. Plugging away at that, plugging away at the story right now, but uh, it's it's a long one. <laughs> well when you when you get enough that we can read it we'll read it you know well, i've definitely got enough for for people to read it it's just it's gonna be a little <laughs> I, I don't want to like drop like the first episode and then it's gonna be like three months before the next mm. one comes out <laughs> i see okay okay yeah yeah cool. i want to be like a I want to be more like Netflix where I can drop the whole season at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it now. We can aim for that. We can make give that the happen. Pe- give the people what they want. <laughs> all right, cool, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all on the next episode of Lorehammer Listen Lore. 
Yeah, keep it real. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.